0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. So uh, about a month ago, Sarah and I went to a musical. One of our friends, she's the female lead in the musical, The Music Man. Anybody like going to musicals? Okay, okay, some of you just don't like to party. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> So we uh, we we drove up to Purdue Fort Wayne's Music Center and uh, we parked and we walked into the building. We had never been there before, and it was a it was a cool place. We gave them our ticket, walked in, found our seat, and uh, sat down and enjoyed the show. And the the crew member, the, the crew members, the cast members, they all did an awesome job with the whole thing. And uh, you know, we did a pretty good job in the audience as well. Uh, my only my only like complaint about the whole evening was that they didn't invite me to sing. <laughs> I know some of you're like, <laughs> that wouldn't have been good. I know. I was just kidding. Um, but you know, like the, the interesting thing is, I like going to shows. I like going to sporting events. I like going to places where I can you know be a part of a crowd and watch some things happen, and it's fun. But the thing is, in the American church today, I think a lot of us when we approach church, not not any of us in this room, of course, but uh, a lot of people approach church the same way we approach shows. We walk in, we we get to our seat, you know, we might get a cookie or coffee and we get to our seat and we sit back and we enjoy the show that happens in front of us versus uh, treating church as it really is. And that is a gathering that we all get to participate in and share in our gifts in, and to be a part of not just an event, but but a family, a group of people who come together under the banner of Jesus, that we are part of a family. See, we're talking about church membership today, and this is what I believe the Scriptures teach. It's an implication all all throughout the New Testament. This is what I believe the Scriptures see, is that God's intention for your life is for you to be a committed, contributing member of a local church body. That God's God's intention for you is not to just surrender to Jesus and be like, "All right, I'm an Lone Ranger Christian," it or I might go to church on Sundays, but I'll I'll just stick to myself. You know, I'm an introvert; I won't talk to anybody. But instead, we are part of a church family that we are we are called to be not only committed to this church family, but to contribute toward it. So we're going to be talking about church membership and, and I'm going to do it really quickly um, because of our announcement and, and, you know, so I'm not going to talk as long as I normally would. And so the church said, oh, y'all should have heard first service. Like you would have thought that like the Lord had come down and they were praising his name. Like, you know, <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, that added 20 minutes to, you, to the message today. <laughs> So today, uh, if you are a note-taking type, I'm going to have a very basic outline today. Three benefits of church membership, because I, be- I believe that being a part of a church um, is actually good for you. It's better together. That We're better with Jesus, and we're better together together. Um, but So three benefits of church membership, and then also we're going to be looking at the five expectations of for church members. So if you're a church member, there are some expectations that you enter into when you say yes to being a part of a local church family. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, so if you have your Bible, we're going to jump into Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, and then we're going to be looking at a number of verses. So if you have your phone or a, a thing to take notes with, then write down the references so you can look back at it later, because I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on each passage because then we'd be here all day and y'all ain't ready that. So, Act chapter 2, verse 42 and on says this. They devoted themselves. So, these are people who just surrendered to Jesus after Peter preached. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now, all the believers were together together. And held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So what did they do when they said yes to Jesus? They also said yes to a community of faith. The, uh, the word for church in Greek is ekklesia. Everyone say that with me? Ekklesia. And that means gathering. That they, they said yes to Jesus and then they said yes to this gathering of people who would meet from house to house. What did they do? They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching, to the breaking of bread, to prayer. And then they, what did they do? They practiced generosity to support one another. They, they met with each other. They, they, did life together. And they also told people about Jesus because the Lord added to their number each week, those who are being saved each day, those who are being saved. So when you said the yes to Jesus, and maybe some of you didn't know this, and some of you who maybe haven't said yes to Jesus fully yet, this is what you're saying yes to. You're not only saying yes to surrender to him as king of your life, but you're also saying yes to being a part of his kingdom, his kingdom, people, his family, His people, that you're saying yes to being a part of a gathering, an ecclesia. Every time you see a New Testament letter, like the book of Philippians or the book of Ephesians, Paul was writing to the church, the ecclesia, the gathering of believers in Philippi, the gathering of believers in Ephesus. When, when John wrote the letter, to, uh, the letter of Revelation to the seven churches in Asia Minor, he was writing to the gatherings in Laodicea and Smyrna and all the rest. Like he was writing to real people who had said yes to Jesus, who were gathering together to worship his name, to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to prayer, and to practicing generosity together and sharing with people the hope that they have with Jesus so that's what we're saying yes to when we say yes to Jesus. It's not just, oh, it's just me, Jesus, and, and, and that's it. You know, it's nice. I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to be in a relationship with anybody. No, that's not how it works. We're saying yes to Jesus and the people he's called you to be a part of. So three benefits of church membership. We're going to run through these quickly. Number one, being a church member joins you to the body. One uh, analogy, one metaphor for church is a body and that jesus is the head of that body but we are joined to the body when we become members of a local church first corinthians chapter 12 verses 21 to 26 says the eye cannot say to the hand i don't need you or again the head can't say to the feet i don't need you on the contrary those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable and those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor, and our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. In other words, everyone matters equally. Even if you're like me, and you find yourself being the armpit of the body, you matter. We don't know what function you, you serve, but... That was a joke, okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, all you hands looking at the armpit like, what is this wrong with you? Yeah. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored... All the members rejoice with it. So Jesus brought you and I together to be this group of people that are joined together by the body of Christ to where when we struggle, we're all struggling together. This is why we encourage everyone to be a part of a community group because it is in those spaces where we get to to be real honest. How are you? Really. Not the how are you in the church uh, hallway like, Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's good. You know, never been better, whatever. All the while you're struggling but the people in your community group should be one of the first people to know when you need prayer, when you need something to, for them to come alongside of you. That's why we have a youth group for them to come together and, and be able to pray for each other and, and help each other through life. That is what we're called to be. So you're joined together with the body. And that's good because you don't need to do life alone. We're better together. So number two, being a church member is good for your soul. It's actually good for your soul. Follow me here. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them since they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account so that they can do this with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. That if you say yes to being a follower of Jesus, you and, and then join yourself to a church family, you have leaders, elders, and staff members, pastors, and teachers who are who are there to keep watch over your very soul. Now I know in America we don't like obeying our leaders, we don't like that idea, but understand you are not uh, at, you're not first in America, and you're first a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. So that, that is you, you are, you're saying yes to being under the, the, the authority of local church leaders, and they are, they are there to keep watch over your soul. If you had a security system, wouldn't you want a security system, not just for your house, not just for your car, but for your very soul? So we're called to be in communion together, in accountable relationships, where if, if, so if someone sees you going down a path that is not good for you, they have permission to speak in your life and say, hey, I know where you're going. This isn't good for you. Let's go this way instead. Um, and you notice he says, uh, and I have to just have to point this out as a pastor, um, <laughs> uh, keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. They, they, they will give an account, by the way. It's a very heavy thing. Um, so that they can do this with joy and not with grief. Like, make it joyful for leaders to lead you. Not grieving, because it's not profitable for you. Okay. All the, all the people in leadership would understand what I'm saying. Number three. Being a church member provides care to your life. Not just your soul, but to, to your whole life. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Speaking to elders, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers. To shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. So you, you are cared for in the church. That is what it's supposed to function like, right? So what does a shepherd do? You, you are saying yes. When you say yes to being a church member at FCC or whatever other church, you are saying yes to be under-shepherded, to be shepherded by the under-shepherds who point themselves, they, they are following the good shepherd. So the elders and the, the pastors, they are there to shepherd you through life. What does a shepherd do? They care for the flock. They feed the flock. They watch out for the flock. So here's the thing, just a very functional, practical thing. As a church, we have what we call the benevolence fund. And we have deacons who are in charge of that. So when, when one of us or when a family member or a household inside of this church family is struggling financially or is struggling to get something done that really needs to be done, we have a benevolence fund and a deacon team to help you in your time of need. The problem is, a lot of us, we suffer in silence and we don't admit when we need some help, but that's why we have it, to care for our lives, to care for each other's lives. What did Acts chapter 2 say? What did they do? They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. That is what we want to be as a church, that if you are in need, say something to an elder, say something to a deacon, say something to a staff member. Fill out a connection card. We want to help each other because we're better together. And life happens sometimes, right? And we want to make sure that we can be there when life happens. So here's the thing, church. Instead of a show, the church is a family. We're not a show, we're a family. And here's what I know about all of us and anybody else who has ever lived is that the household you grow up in shapes the person you become. The household you grow up in shapes the person you become. Either you, you do choose to do the opposite of the household that you grew up in, or you choose to do the same thing, or you, kind of a, probably most of us a little bit of both. Um, we, we kind of we we are shaped by the household we grew up in, and every household, whether they say it explicitly or not, have values. Some of them are good values, some of them are bad values, some of them are values that we would never write down or or admit, but they are values. They're the things that we look at and say are important, not just by our words, but by our actions. And so um, in the Kelly household, because we know that there are values that we want to have, and, and many times values are also aspirational, also while being reality, and also being like so aspirational. Like we we haven't figured it out yet on how to live in these values all the time, but we're we're, we're, we're pointing ourselves to these things as anchor points on how we live our lives. And so a household has values, whether you've written them down or not. For the Cali household, um, we, we've written down um, five values that we want to, as we follow Jesus together as a household, these are the values we point our kids to and point each other to. Um, and those are these. Respect. That's a good idea. Responsibility. Relationship. Recreation and rest. All ours, because I'm a preacher. It's the five R's of the Kelly household. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so when, when, when our kids like are not being respectful, then we, we point, hey, kids in our household, we respect each other. That's what we do. When, when, we, when we mess up, we take responsibility for that. We're not going to raise kids, and we're not going to be ourselves, Sarah, and me, being people who are going to blame other people for our own actions and our own decisions and the way we responded to hardship. We're going to take responsibility for it because I don't want to raise kids who never take responsibility for their own actions because that doesn't work. They're going to be struggling, get in their own way their whole lives if they don't take responsibility, right? And recreation, I'm, that's all me because I like to have fun, you know? Girls just want to have fun. And guys want to have fun. Some of you got that. Some of you are like, why didn't you just say that? Anyway, we'll move on. And rest because Sarah and I like to have a break. Rest. So on weekends, now that all the kids are in school, we have rest time. And what is that? That's break time, you know? And all the fam, all the, all the the parents of young kids said, <laughs> Woo! Lord Jesus, come back now. Amen. Uh, do it during rest time because that'd be best. Okay. We'll be in our best place. Okay. So not just households like, you no, know, that's just our family. I'm sure your family has different values. And if you never thought about it, I'd encourage you to think about it. Well, what are you kind of values do you want to have as a family? And then Start orienting your behaviors and your actions and the the way you make decisions around those those values. As a church family, we also have values. So here are our values as a church family at FCC. We are Christ-centered. We are better together. We are built to last. What does that mean? Built to last means that we believe that if households are solid, under solid foundation of Jesus, then and they're built to last, then the whole church will be built to last. So we want to not just take our faith on a Sunday morning and into workplace, but we want to make sure that we're thriving in our homes too, in our faith. Um, so we're, we're, we're Christ-centered, better together. We are built to last. We are disciple-making disciples. The call on our lives, each and every one of us, whether you're a church leader or not, Your call that Jesus has given you, your assignment, your mission is to make disciples. So we are called to make disciples to help people grow in their faith. And we are for Wells County because that is our Jerusalem, that is our Judea. That's where God's called us to be uh, here on this earth. Okay, very quickly, five expectations for church members. Five expectations for church members. Number one, church members are aligned with the mission and values of the church. If you are not aligned with the mission and values of a church, don't become a member. That's just weird, right? It's like I'm saying yes to being a part of this and I hate it. Don't. Why? That's weird. Don't do that. Philippians chapter 2, verse 2. Paul tells the church in Philippi, He says this, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love. What does that mean? Having the same things that you value and deem as important, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. If you're going to be a church member, then that means you're aligning yourself with the mission and values of the church you're a part of. Number two, church members are committed to live as Christ did. That's an obvious one. But we need to say it, right? We're called to follow Jesus. And what does that mean? We follow Jesus. What does that mean? We do the things that Jesus did. We do the things that that like in the way that He tells us to. We obey His commands. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 says, Therefore, I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling that you have received. You've, you've been called out of darkness and into light. You've been raised from death into life. You are a child of God, so walk worthy of the calling you have received. Your Father is God Almighty. Walk worthy of the calling you have received as a child of His. That's what we're called to do as church members. Number three, church members protect the unity of the church. Let me say it again. Church members protect the unity of the church. How? By acting in love toward others. By refusing to gossip. By refusing to gossip by, ref- okay, and portraying a Christ-like attitude toward others. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 through 7 says this, Everyone should look not to his own interest, but rather to the interest of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. Paul says, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. If we're doing that as church members, our church will thrive. Number four, church members share in the mission of the church. Church members share in the mission of the church. How? By praying for the ministry of the church by inviting to gather and witnessing to those without a church home. So if you are in relationship with, you should be with people who don't follow Jesus yet, who don't have a a church home, then you, you invite them to gather with us and you, you witness to them as a good uh, follower of Jesus, who is seeking to serve him, who is real and raw, but, but following the one who is the hope of the world by you, you witness to them. So what does that mean? You, You actually follow jesus in the presence of other people you actually honor him in the presence of other people and and not only that by by welcoming the guests who come each week remember this is not a show this is a gathering and so when when someone new comes into these 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 walls and you don't recognize them you know what you could do as a church member say hi and smile and say hey i'm I'm Brandon. Don't say that unless your name's Brandon, but you know, because that would be weird. Uh, you know, but say say your name. And those of you with the gift of hospitality, be hospitable. Those of you without a gift of hospitality, try. You know, but don't try too hard because then you'll be weird. We don't need that because then they leave, right? But try. Like, you just you're a part of the family. It would be weird if you had someone new come into your household, and everyone ignored them. That would be weird. They'd be like, why am I even here? Am I at the right address? Be welcoming to those who are new. Number five. Oh, let me give you this verse because it drives on the point. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my, what's that word, church? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, and that's true for us as well. Number five. Church members support the ministry of the church. How? By gathering faithfully, by using your gifts and talents to serve other people, by practicing generosity, and by following your leaders. Here's some passages to consider. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, Not neglecting to gather together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. The church is the ecclesia, the gathering of God's people. So if you refuse to gather, then you are refusing to participate in the ecclesia. So if you're physically able to come here, then you should be here. First um, Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. I don't have it up here because I made a mistake. I'm human, uh, says this. On the first day of the week, each of you is to set something aside and save in keeping with how he is prepared, how he is prospering so that no collections will need to be made when I come. In other words, he's saying, make it a habit of practicing generosity so you don't have to do it all at once. Uh, do it every week. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them so that they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account so that they can do this with joy and not with grief. Sad. For that would be unprofitable for you. So, church, God's intention for your life, God's intention for your life is to be a committed, contributing member of a local church body. That's what he desires for you. That's what he desires for me. Okay, so the question is, uh, and I'm doing really great on time. I just have to say, this is good. All right. that's uh, not a normal thing, okay? Some of you are like, yeah, I know, uh, always keep a stopwatch, Brandon. Um, anyway, this might be the first time we're in the 20s, if I don't keep rambling. Okay. What is it? Snick, sniffer, snick, snickering? Sniffling. Snickering? Some of you are so, so happy. Okay. Uh, this is going off the rails. All right. How to become a church member at FCC? Well, first off, we encourage you, this is not part of the bylaws, but this is one of the encouragement that we make is we encourage you, um, if you're thinking about becoming a member or you're a new member um, or you just haven't gone through it yet, to attend one of our next core offerings. So it's, a, it's a three-week class and we encourage everyone to be a part of it. The next one's going to be offered in November. So be on the lookout for that if you fit the bill. Um, so this is what, straight from our constitution as a church. Um, this is what it says. An individual shall be eligible for membership in the church who has been added to the kingdom of God through faith, repentance, confession, baptism, and surrendering to Jesus over your life. So if you, if you have surrendered to Jesus and, and, and all of that, then you are eligible to be a member at FCC, because if you're a member of the church, you need to be someone who's said yes to Jesus. So anyone who has met the requirements for membership and has presented himself or herself to the church for membership shall be received into the membership of the church. Any questions regarding membership admission shall be decided by the elders. So if you want to become a member and you're not one, talk to one of the elders, talk to one of the staff members, um, or you can go over to the Welcome Center, fill out a connection card, and we'll get in touch with you and set up a time to have a conversation about what that looks like and, and how to how to like come forward and when we can do that and all that stuff. Um, so it's very simple of a process to become a church member, but all these things, expectations, that's what we're called to do as church members straight from the scriptures. Also, here at FCC, this is how we say it, we encourage everyone, especially members of FCC, to take what we call core steps in order to grow in your faith. This is how we just put it all into some just nice little graphic. What should we do as church members? Read the Bible? That's a good idea. Read the Bible? That's going to lead you to pray more. Join a community group. You would need to be, we're better together, y'all. Uh, serve on a ministry team. You have gifts and talents. You're part of the body. Contribute. If the leg ain't working, you know, it's just gonna be dragging. So be a part of what we're doing. Practice generosity. We, 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 we do this to support each other and the mission that God has given us and help others take core steps. So that's what we're called to do as we uh, are members of the church, as members of FCC. So the question is, would you join us in leading generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus? Would you be part of what God is doing here at FCC? So let me give you two invitations. If you're not a member, consider becoming one. If if you don't know what to do, after I said all that, go to the Welcome Center, follow the Connection card, we'll talk more. I won't re-preach the sermon, but we can have the conversation. So, become a member. And and as you become one and if you're already a member the second invitation is to serve one and attend one serve one and attend one that works if you like to attend second service serve one serve first service attend second service why because we're all called to be contributing members of the body of Christ here at this church and remember this is not a show that we come to it's a gathering that we contribute to it's a it's a worship uh, gathering where we come together to worship our king not just in song not just in opening up the scriptures but in practicing hospitality and encouraging one another and serving one another and teaching our kids to be followers of Jesus, whatever it may be. So if you, you're you not serving and you want to serve, welcome center, fill out a connection card, let's talk. And I believe your life as a member of a church will be better. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Um, please lead us today in just considering what you've said in your word and considering what you're calling us to. God, I pray that uh, today that you would open our hearts to be devoted, contributing, committed members of this church. And not just for the benefits that we receive, but for the mission that you called us to. There are a lot of people in this world, Lord, as you know, who need you. Help us to be a part of bringing them to you. Empower us, Lord. Give us give us purpose and meaning. Give us an assignment. And Lord, as we uh, enter into this next season, as we announced uh, with the Generations campaign, Lord, stretch our faith. Stretch our trust. God, may we just surrender to you and, and watch you work, because we know that you will. We're excited to see what you do. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.